My name is Mary. In Aramaic, I am known as Miriam. To Lutheran theologians, I'm called the Theotokos, or the mother of God. Let me make it very clear to you, I'm the mother of Jesus. I can't be begin to tell you what a joy the past 34 years have been since the Holy Spirit told me that I'd give birth to the promised Messiah. What you need to know is that I'm a regular, unknown, typical young Jewish girl from a small town by the sea. I was chosen for the important role of salvation. My story for you actually begins what many of you know with Christmas. And my husband-to-be was thinking of divorcing me until an angel convinced him that what was inside of me was from the Lord. Then there was that whole census thing and the travel to Bethlehem, as you know. And there came the birth. And the angels announced to the shepherds and to others that their Savior has been born. And I remember there by the manger in Istanbul. And I pondered all these things in my heart. Some people have places in Florida. Some people take expensive vacations. Some people have fame, riches, and conveniences. People in America treasure many different things, but I treasure that I was able to watch my son grow into the man he became. He always is the Son of God, the Messiah. I saw his wit and wisdom, but more importantly, I saw the compassion he had on people. Even though God blessed Joseph and me with many other children, I loved them all equally, it was unique and profound to raise Jesus. I remember one time the entire clan traveled to the temple to make sacrifices on the way back. We couldn't find Jesus, and I began to worry. So my husband and I and others, we returned to Jerusalem, and there we found Jesus in the temple. And he really didn't call Joseph and me father and mother, but he said, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? What a joy it was to him, for him to listen and talk about the word of God. See, Jesus was rather a typical boy. He enjoyed playing with others, and he followed in my husband's footstep of that being a dedicated and talented carpenter. He was thoughtful and caring in all his manners, and he grew in wisdom and stature with God and man. When my son turns 30, he began his ministry, and I pondered what he did. He began doing miracles to show who he was. He even gathered unto himself followers that you and I would know as disciples. And the first miracle came at a wedding. Now, my, it was a dear friend's wedding. It was her daughter's wedding. And it was rather embarrassing. The host ran out of wine. What you need to understand is that in Jerusalem at that time, in Israel at that time, wedding celebrations went on for days, if not for weeks. And it was quite an embarrassment to run out of wine. And so I went and asked Jesus if he could help, and then he said something very unique to me that sort of echoed back to the temple when he was a boy. He said, woman, he called me woman. And I had to ponder in my heart what exactly that meant. Then another time, my family and I wanted to meet with Jesus. His siblings were there. And someone said, well, Jesus is really busy talking to others. And I said, well, please tell Jesus that his family is there. And then Jesus also again turned my head. He said, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put into practice. It was then that I had to realize that this son of God just wasn't for me, this Messiah wasn't for me, but for everyone. Jesus was both my son and my Lord and my Savior, but he's also 
the Lord and Savior of the world. Now, like you, not everything Jesus says makes sense to me. It's a treasure to follow Jesus, many women did. Seeing him bring peace and joy, healing, bringing hope, even raising the dead. Yeah, as a mother, I sometimes pondered some of the things Jesus said. They just bothered me. Like a grain had to die before it rose. And then he talked about bringing new life from death. Then he talked about some things that really concerned me, like carrying your own cross and that the Son of Man must suffer. That really concerned me. Need to know after watching many years of my son doing miracles and loving others and teaching the kingdom of God, my worst fear and fruition, my worst nightmare came to fruition. I'm sure that many of you have lost loved ones. And some of you even had to go through the very hard burden of losing children. What a pain that is. For two days, I had to watch my son being lied about, people spitting upon him, him being taken to court and betrayed, and then in front of my very own eyes, he was crucified. To lose a child to an accident or a disease is hard enough, but to watch my own son be crucified was horrid. He was spit upon and cursed upon. People made fun of him and mocked him. They even jeered him as they put the king of the Jews above his head. It was brutal. And there's nothing I could do as a mother but sit and watch him die. I stayed with Jesus, my son, your Lord, my Lord, your Savior, my Savior, to the end. But the unique thing about my son is that he didn't curse at people. He even had John watch over me, and he told the thief next to him, today he'll be with me in paradise, and he gave peace and love. But then came the gruesome task. He died. For 34 years, I could say this, my soul glorified and my spirit rejoiced in God my Savior. The Mighty One has done great things for me, holy is his name. With my own eyes, he has performed mighty deeds with his arms. Do you see his arms there dying for you and for me? His arms were nailed to the cross, and there I was with his limp, dead, lifeless body. What a horrible the thing that was for me as a mother to bear and to see. That took me to Sunday morning. The Sabbath was your Saturday. It was a day for rest. The decent thing was to prepare his body. I need to mourn. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus said, blessed are those who weep, because we weep as those who have no hope. So I went to his burial place. I couldn't even take care of it. I couldn't even take care of where my son was laid. I think many of you right now know about being alone. There's some people who say that in your country you can't even celebrate Easter. I tend to disagree. See, we're used to churches being filled on Easter, and today it's rather empty. But that doesn't mean that Easter is empty and meaningless. I went to the tomb by myself. I recommend that each one of you individually also go to the tomb yourself. To ponder as that hymn says, were you there when they buried him in his tomb? See, I believe that we can still celebrate Easter even though we aren't all together. I think I'm a lot like you too. We hear about resurrection all the time. But then when a loved one dies, we're tore apart by fear and by pain. Like many of you, when a loved one dies, we believe we'll never see them again and we forget all about the resurrection. 
I think that was me. I heard Jesus speak about the resurrection, but I never took it to heart. I had it in my head. Like you, like COVID-19, we're all isolated from each other. We can't come near each other. We don't even shake hands with each other anymore. And we say we can't celebrate Easter, but I believe we can. So I'm going to ask you to come by yourself with me to the tomb. When I got to the tomb, two angels were there. Now, angels don't frighten me. They're God ministry, God's ministering spirits, but I think they would frighten you. I know all about angels. An angel told me that I would bear the Messiah. An angel came to my husband-to-be and tell him to take me as his wife because what was inside me is not from the Lord. Angels announced the birth of Jesus. Angels don't frighten me. But it was really confusing for me. What had you done with him? I wanted to treat my son's body. Where is he? I told them, if you've taken him someplace, tell me where he is so I can go and mourn my son and prepare for his burial. I called him Lord and Savior, yet I doubted that he could save me. Many of you sometimes live as if Jesus never rose from the dead. Yeah, you're connected to the church and you come to church on Easter. But you take in your heart that Jesus literally rose from the dead? That he really can conquer sin, death, and the devil? Some people think that maybe their good works will save them or maybe being attached to a church will save them. But I saw him die, now I'm at his tomb. Then I suppose the person who was a gardener said, Mary, Miriam, and I turned around and it was my Lord. I remember Jesus told me that he is a good shepherd and the sheep hear his voice and I heard his voice. Mary, I am the good shepherd and the sheep listen to my voice. I heard him. It was Jesus. It wasn't the gardener. And the only thing I could do was clamp on and, and to touch him and to hug him and to hold him. And Jesus said, don't hold on to me. There's things I yet have to do, but I'm risen victorious from the dead. So we can say today, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. So I guess for us Lutherans, the question is, what does this mean for us? Well, I see it like this from one of your great theologians. That God hides himself and works behind opposites in mass. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, the creator becomes the creator becomes the creator to save his creation. The creator becomes man himself to save his creation. What does it mean that he hides himself? The good shepherd becomes the lamb to save his sheep. And we believers hear his voice. What does it mean God works in hidden ways? The stone that many rejected has become the chief cornerstone on which the whole house of God is built, and you and I are part of that. Jesus, powerless at the cross, defeats sin, death, and the devil forever. Remember, his arm has done mighty things. He who was dead in the tomb is a firstborn in the resurrection of all. God hides himself and works in opposites and mass for you and I. I see it in myself. God's work is hidden. Me, Mary, a simple young unknown woman gives birth to a Savior in a manger in a stable, and his work brings salvation to those who expect at least. Like who? Like the possessed. Maybe just not demonic, but those addicted to substances and who have emotional and mental burns and strains that they carry around, maybe the abused. He brings salvation to them, those who struggle with sin and the worn and torn. We all struggle with sin. Greed, lust, deception, pride, the worn and torn, especially those who are out right now from COVID-19. 
for those not popular nor the world. Popularity means very little to my Lord. Neither does the world. The lowly and despised. God works in opposites and mass. He brings his salvation to who? Well, to all of them. Especially to ordinary sinners like you and I. God works behind opposite mass and God is hidden. And through me, the lowly Mother Mary came to Jesus Christ who died on a cross, a torture stake, buried in a tomb and came back to life. My prayer is that all of us this Easter celebration may treasure and ponder all these things in our hearts. That God hides himself and works in very mysterious ways. And that Christ is risen. So Christ is risen. And all God's people say...